When you think about your childhood, I'm quite certain that wonderful memories of Christmas flood your brain. Your family, like my family, had traditions and routines for each Christmas. And those repeated events of love, laughter, and joy branded into your brain wonderful memories of Christmas that you will keep forever. In my childhood, our Christmas routine at the Nepal House looked something like this. Everyone came home at the set time on Christmas Eve, according to my mother's guidance. Then we had a huge feast that my mom had cooked. Then we would all do the dishes before dishwashers. And I was so giddy with joy and excited about opening my presents that I even volunteered to dry the dishes. I was six. After that, we would go into the living room and sit around the Christmas tree and open our presents. And then, as a family, we would all go to midnight mass. And even as a six-year-old boy, you knew that there was something amazing going on that night at midnight. After mass, my parents were invited to the Mose family's house for the traditional Christmas drink, Tom and Jerry's. But I was too little. I had to go home and go to bed. The next day, Christmas Day, four or five other families would join us at someone's home. And again, we would have a huge feast. The women would visit and prepare the meal. And the men would play pinochle. And the children, we would run and play. It was a truly joyful time. Now, when you're six years old, you're not really aware of the great and mysterious theology around Christmas. Terms like the incarnation, terms like the salvation, terms like logos, terms like the second person of the Trinity. They're just not said to you, and if they were, as a six-year-old, you probably didn't understand. But as a six-year-old, you did understand some things. You understood, for example, the words shepherds and angels, the words Mary and Joseph. And you understood that a new baby named Jesus laid there in the manger. And although as a six-year-old you could not articulate it, you understood that there was something great and wonderful about Christmas. And even more importantly, as a six-year-old, you understood that there was something even greater about that Christmas in Bethlehem. You cannot describe it, but you know in your deepest cells that as a six-year-old you are loved 
not only by your parents and your family, but you know that you are loved by a God who's amazing and great. And then in return, as a six-year-old, you love everyone. And then we grow older and we become adults. And in that growth, we surely experience beautiful intellectual formation. We learn in our life that the term incarnation is Latin for becoming flesh. We have learned that the term logos is Greek for word. And we've heard the gospel today many times in that great first verse that goes like this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And we have learned in our years that this word of God is more than an audible power. It is a divine person. It is truly God the Son. We know that this word is God the Son, the same Son who was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And yet this word is the same Son who existed before creation and by which everything in the universe was created. This God the Son who was once a mediator of creation has now become a mediator of our salvation. Through him, our souls are saved and he becomes the way to heaven. Yes, intellectually we have grown but what about our spiritual growth? I sometimes feel like I've regressed in that category compared to how I was when I was six. Is my faith as strong as it was when I was a little boy? Do I have the same great hope in my heart as a child that all will be well with Jesus? Am I giddy with joy because I know that even in the darkest, saddest, toughest times, I am loved? If you're like me and you're not there, maybe spiritually, as well as you'd like to be, I'd like to propose that we make some resolutions. Let's call it our Christmas Catholic resolutions. And these might be some things that you would consider. First, pray daily. And when I say pray, make it a dialogue with Jesus, not a monologue. Tell him about your anxieties, your fears, your frustrations. But also tell him about your joys and tell him about someone who made you laugh that day and tell him about 
the good things that are in your life. Second, read the Bible and read about the saints. That's the path to holiness. Third, participate in the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist. And perform the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Those acts of kindness that help our neighbors with their physical needs. Feed the hungry. Shelter the homeless. Clothe the naked. Visit the sick and imprisoned. And those acts of kindness that help our neighbor with their spiritual needs. Instruct. Advise. Console. And forgive. Now, before I mention the fifth and final idea for us to resolve, resolve to do, I have a story that will illustrate this point well. Last week, my children and grandchildren joined my wife, Mary, and I for dinner at a restaurant in Crested Butte. And this restaurant is famous for its fried chicken. We arrived early, and while we were waiting for our table, they directed us into the lobby. And in the lobby, in the center, was a three-feet-tall ceramic chicken. And of course, my two- and four-year-old grandsons, who are with me in the back here today, were looking at this chicken, pretty soon started to climb on the chicken, and then suddenly it was time, our table was ready, and the boy's dad said, tell the chicken goodbye, boys, it's time to eat. Now Micah, the two-year-old, well, he looked the chicken in the eye, and he gave that chicken a kiss. And he said, goodbye, chicken. I love you very much, chicken. So now you know what the fifth resolution is. It's to love. To love like a child loves. For a child loves without judging. A child loves everyone and everything in God's creation. Even a three-foot-tall ceramic chicken. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>